You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you are challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas continues his series on the imitation of Christ. Now looking at offering ourselves. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now here's today's teaching. The Imitation of Christ, Meditation 2. Before I read the meditation for today, which comes from uh, Book 4 of The Imitation of Christ, let me say something about the way that the book is arranged, not the original, but the version that we're reading from by James Watkins. He takes 90 of the 114 chapters and arranges them this way. There are five introductory chapters under the heading of Imitating Christ, and then The second section of the book is Imitating Christ's Character, 85 chapters. And he has subheadings of loving, teachable, things we should all be, loving, teachable, wise, trusting, obedient, self-sacrificing, humble, gracious, forgiving, patient, peaceful, pure, disciplined, self-controlled, and eternally minded. So he's arranged things uh, quite thematically. Now, in the reading that I'll do, uh, we will notice, again, uh, references to a number of scriptures, and I really look forward to just jumping right in here. I think you're going to enjoy this. Oh, the the original title that Kempis gave to this from Book 4, Chapter 9 is Offering Ourselves and All We Have to God and Praying for Others. (laughs) You know, in the Middle Ages and even in the early modern period, often uh, chapters had very long names, and so did book titles. This chapter is a prayer. It's a prayer. So let's go through this wonderful prayer. Um, There's a lead-in from Romans 12, so I'm going to read the scripture first, and then we'll have the prayer. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The meditation begins. Lord, everything in the heavens and on earth is yours. 1 Chronicles 29, 11. I desire to offer myself up to you as a free will offering, continually yours forever. I have watched your people offer their gifts willingly and joyously. 1 Chronicles 29, 17. So I offer myself to you today. Be your servant forever in humble submission and with the sacrifice of perpetual praise. Lord, I lay before you all the sins and offenses that I've committed from the day when I was first able to sin until this hour. Please consume and burn every sin with the fire of your love and mercy. And may you cleanse all the stains of my sins and purify my conscience from all guilt. Restore me to your favor by which which by sinning I have lost, fully forgive all my sins and mercifully grant to me your peace. 
What can I do concerning my sins except humbly confess them, regret them, and unceasingly plead for your pardon? I ask for your grace so you may hear me when I stand before you, O my God. All my sins displease and grieve me. I will regret them as long as I live. I earnestly desire to repent truly and to make restitution as far as I can. Forgive me, O God. Forgive my sins for your holy name's sake. Save my soul, which you have redeemed with your precious blood. See, I commit myself to your mercy. I resign myself to your hands. Deal with me, not according to my selfishness and sinfulness, but according to your loving kindness. I also offer to you all my goodness, though it is so little and imperfect, Please mend and purify me, making me pleasing and acceptable in your sight. May I constantly be drawn toward your holy perfection. In addition, please bring this lazy and useless creature that I am to a happy and blessed end. I ask you, with all the sincerity, to provide for every need of my parents, friends, brothers, sisters, and all who are dear to me and that you love— May they sense they are being assisted by your grace, enriched by your comfort, protected from dangers, freed from pains, and delivered from all evils. May they joyfully give you abundant thanks. I also pray for those who have injured me for no reason, have made me sad, have spoken evil against me, or have caused me any loss or displeasure. And please pardon me for all the times I have knowingly or ignorantly made others sad, disturbed, burdened, and scandalized by my words or deeds. Take away, O Lord, from our hearts all suspicion, resentment, anger, conflicts, and whatever harms and diminishes love between all people. Have mercy, Lord, on those who beg for your mercy. Give grace to the needy and make us worthy to enjoy your grace and go forward to life eternal. Amen. I hear that and I just think, what a great prayer. He has a sense of sin. And I know in the Middle Ages, and this is the late Middle Ages, there was perhaps too much dwelling on sin, on the negative, although I'm not sure that he's out of balance at all. But in our our era, there's way too little. Uh, We we lack a moral compass because as society, we rejected the lordship of Christ, the lordship of God. And so instead of the Lord being the moral authority, we become our own authority. And that doesn't work. And so we find language of sin to be somewhat scandalous. Oh, that'll prevent people from accepting the gospel. But actually, it's integral to the gospel. Let me share a couple things that hit me and perhaps it was the same for you. But he, he brings his heart to God. And even though he doesn't uh, specifically mention, you know, these eight sins I committed, he categorizes them. And so there actually is a fair amount of specificity when we go through the prayer. But it's not morbid. It's not, he's not beating himself up, but truly throwing himself on God's mercy. And he he wants to be changed, not just to be forgiven. Notice those words, please mend and purify me. So it's a sense that 
we're not right. We're bent. We're crooked. We, we need to be mended. We need to be repaired and purified. And then also, he says, may I constantly be drawn toward your holy perfection. What are we drawn to? And then he says, please bring this lazy and useless creature that I am to a happy and blessed end. He doesn't overrate his own ability. Something that hits me throughout this book is that oh, we're just we're too focused on us ourselves as individuals. We, we seek credit. We seek recognition. Um, some of us seek fame. We want people to know who we are. We want people to recognize us. I mean, actually, I'll be at a conference in a couple of days, and I hope someone recognizes me. Uh, there'll be uh, 10,000 people, and perhaps I've met 10 or 20 or 30 of them, but most people have no idea who I am, and that's good for me. It's good not to be noticed. It's good not to be commended. Kind of like the spirit in uh, Luke 17, 7 to 10, the, the servant who's just done his duty. But this is good for us uh, because it gets in the way when we seek our own credit, gets in the way of, of praise and worship and, and glorifying God. And I really love this paragraph that's right in the center of the prayer. And so what I'd like to do is um, read that again as we close. But um, what scriptures did you hear? What was uh, alluded to or referenced? Well, Akempis himself tells us two of them, uh, the, the two from First Chronicles 29, and we had our opening in Romans 12. But there was also Hebrews 9.14, Psalm 25.11, very influential psalm, First uh, Peter 1, 18 and 19. And there's actually also uh, a quote from the apocryphal First uh, Maccabees 13.46. You say, Apocrypha, what's going on? Well, I mean, in most of Christian history, and actually for a long time in Jewish history, the Apocrypha were well known. They were read. Uh, they were understood. And I would encourage you, uh, usually I say, once you've read the whole Bible five or ten times, then check out the Apocrypha. What's helpful is it, it gives us the missing history between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New. It also uh, has a lot of stories and a lot of words and phrases that became influential in Western culture and even in the English language. So I'm not saying it's God's word and it's inspired. Uh, I'm not sharing an opinion on that. But uh, to read uh, those apocryphal works can be very good. One of my favorites is the prayer of Manasseh, that evil king, 55 years. In fact, I, I've got a podcast on King Manasseh at this website. And if you listen to that, you'll, you'll get the prayer. It's uh, very, very moving. Well, friends, uh, let me close uh, by reading, as promised, that, that paragraph in the middle. Lord, I lay before you all the sins and offenses that I have committed from the day when I was first able to sin until this hour. Please consume and burn every sin with the fire of your love and mercy. And may you cleanse all the stains of my sins and purify my conscience from all guilt. Restore me to your favor, which by sinning I have lost. Fully forgive all my sins and mercifully grant to me your peace. Very well put. Um, amen. We hope you enjoyed Douglas's series on the imitation of Christ. For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas's teaching ministry. Thanks again for listening.